Hey everyone, this is Josh, back with Cardboard Chronicles. Today I'm speaking with Al. Al is a Kevin Garnett collector, specializing in collecting jersey numbered cards, and he's got a, a pretty insane collection, so we'll get into that. Um, and Al is actually from New Zealand, so uh, I was interested to speak with an overseas collector, so we'll, we'll touch on some of those topics as well. Al, how are you doing, man? Yeah, good, thanks, Josh. So why don't you just uh, start us off and tell us about yourself and uh, you know what got you into collecting and your background in the hobby. Okay, um, I, as, as you said, yeah, I live way down south, down the bottom of New Zealand, um, which is about as far away as you can get from uh, basketball cards and, and the like and American sports. But uh, I'm a school teacher, uh, married with uh, four kids. Life's pretty busy for me. I've got two at high school now and two at uh, primary school, we call it, or elementary school, you guys call it. So um, life's busy and uh, Collecting cards is a, is a nice wee uh, hobby that keeps me sane from time to time and gives me a bit of time to myself. Um, I, I uh, started collecting cards sort of by mistake. I, I was at university at a, at a city not far from here, uh, just at Teachers College there, and, and I went to a shoe store, would you believe, and they had um, a box of 93.94 Upper Deck which a lot of collectors who are my age, I'm about 44, so a lot of collectors my age will probably remember that, uh, that set because it was uh, had, uh, some great inserts for the first time. They had uh, Michael Jordan's flight team and it had some triple doubles with holographic uh, cards. And Anyway, I um, was a bit intrigued by this. I did hadn't been watching much of the NBA. Uh, we had didn't have cable T. Oh, we did have cable TV then, but uh, it wasn't sort of prevalent across you know, lounges and, and houses so that, that I knew, so I had to get sort of the odd recording tape to see any of the NBA. Uh, and anyway, that, I bought a pack for about $5, and I got this uh, Michael Jordan Skylights card, which was uh, a subset card. It's not an indirect, but it was just an awesome-looking card. Hopefully you can see that. It's not reflecting too bad. And um, I also got a, a Larry Johnson base card, and... Um, <clears throat> That had a lovely sort of teal look to it. I, I was more of a sort of bad boys Pistons fan uh, growing up. I, I liked sort of I like Michael Jordan, but I liked sort of uh, teams or or you know bad boys. I guess you'd say that sounds a bit weird. But, <laughs> but um, the Pistons were my team, and I loved uh, Isaiah Thomas and, and Rodman and those guys. Uh, and then sort of as they faded away, I sort of didn't follow the NBA, I guess, as much. But anyway. Once I saw that Larry Johnson card, and and I sort of got into the the charisma and and the feel that that Hornets team had back in those days, and um, I kind of got hooked. I guess you could say I went back and bought quite a few new packs. I got myself a triple double. I think it was a Kenny Anderson sort of holographic card. Not long after that, I got the LJ from that set, and I decided to put that set together as well as the Skylights uh, subset. So all of a sudden, I was away. Uh, and not long after that in the city, a, a card store opened up, would you believe? Uh, and so that was just fantastic. I didn't have to walk to the other end of town to buy one or two packs, which was all I could afford. And uh, uh, I just had to walk to this card store. And there's a guy there who, who uh, had it all set out really nicely, just like you'd have over in, over in towns in America. Uh, and probably for about two or three years, he, he ran a, a good uh, a good ship there. And, and so it was great fun, always going down there whenever I got some money and, and blowing it on cards. <laughs> So then you collected um, from like '93 until when? And then you know what what made you leave and what brought you back? Um, I 
pretty, I guess you could say, sort of coming from what I, what appealed to me, sort of 95, 96, was some sort of higher end stuff started coming in. So he was getting all cards like Flair uh, and Top's Finest. And so everything that came along, I had a wee nibble at just to see what, um, obviously, I could pull. But everything, he knew that I was collecting Larry Johnson. I wanted all LJ's cards. And so um, he had a really, got the owner there had a, almost like a photographic memory. So I'd pop in every, uh, you know, a couple of times a week and he'd have a couple of side, cards aside for me, uh, you know, that I'd get. Um, but I really enjoyed um, just having a, a, a gamble, if you like, by buying two or three packs of Flair and just seeing if I could land something nice. And um, Then uh, the sort of the, the famous 90s period really started kicking in, sort of 96, 97, 97, 98, uh, numbered cards started coming in. And this time... By this time, I was sort of out of university. I had a job. Uh, I'd met my wife, my future wife, I guess you could say, and uh, had a bit more cash on hand. And also, I was uh, the eBay community had sort of started up by then, and so I was looking for Larry Johnson cards overseas. Uh, and I was putting together a pretty decent collection. I was, you know, I had an LJ version of of all the '90s cards you've been having on your interviews. I had. Uh, a PMG Red, never saw a green. Uh, I had both essential credentials from 97, 98. A lot of nice stuff. I actually had the jersey numbered essential credentials, number two of 33, which was the very first jersey numbered card that I got. And I didn't have any sort of inkling that it might be something that carried on in the future. I just thought, oh, number two, that's his number. I might have a crack at that. And I got it for like 35 bucks. Oh. So that was pretty cool. Um, and so I got to sort of 97, 98, uh, and I was really chipping away then and, and had a great collection. I probably had, at, at its peak, I think I had about 550 LJ cards, and I had a lot of good stuff. Um, then my wife and I uh, got a job teaching in Brunei, just in Southeast Asia. So we went over um, over there, uh, had our first child, um, and things got a little bit more difficult uh, in regards to buying cards. And the postage system wasn't as strong as it had been from sort of the connection from New Zealand to America. Uh, and it also, I'll tell you what else happened was the New Zealand dollar dropped dramatically against the US dollar. So every, every high-end card I was buying was costing me a lot of money. So I got a bit frustrated with that. Uh, and then I, just, I said to my wife, I'm just going to buy one more card and then I'm going to stop. And that, that one card was uh, a 99... Double O Flare Showcase One of One, so it was a very nice card. It cost me two hundred dollars US at the time, uh, and it was gift wrapped. I, I made sure I looked after the postage. It took about thirty days to get to Brunei, yeah. And I was quite happy. I had that in hand. And I thought, right, it's not going to get any better than a one of one. Um, I'm going to put a bit of money, you know, save my money for my kids now for for a wee bit. So that's what I did. Um, I had this very nice collection sitting with me and it just remained dormant for probably about four years. We had a couple of years uh, teaching over there and then we went back to New Zealand uh, and, and had another child and I really had no um, no uh, sort of inkling that I'd get back into cards at all. Just one thing that's worth mentioning, back in 95, 96, collecting Larry Johnson, I did also, I like the idea of a high school player coming into the NBA so I was looking for something else to do with collecting, and, and Kevin Garnett, uh, of course, with fifth pick in the draft in 95, 96, 
skinny kid. I'm a skinny bloke. I don't know. It kind of appealed to me. But it was just something different, having a high school kid there. And so um, I decided I'd put together just his base rookie cards. And so there were 15 of those in over a period of probably six months. I got all those. I've still got them. Uh, finest rookie, of course, is, is the best one. I don't have a graded one or anything like that. They're just base cards, uh, base rookie cards, and I've, I've still got all those, as I said. Uh, but that's where I left it. I was still hard out collecting LJ and not KG, but it was the reason that I go by the name LJ and KG on all the forums and everything like that. Right. Uh, so then it sort of, get, I know I'm going on a bit, but sort of 2004, 2005, um, I guess I was a bit bored one day. I went and had a look on eBay and I was just stunned by how far the hobby had come. Uh, there was serially numbered cards everywhere. There were one-of-ones. I hadn't seen an exquisite card. I hadn't seen an ultimate collection card, anything like that, because I'd been out of it for so long. And so I looked online and I thought, oh, man, my LJ cards are actually worth a wee bit here. Now, um, I was quite surprised. You know, all the, all the 90 stuff that I had had gone up. And really, I had no inkling that that would happen, of course. So anyway, I was on eBay and I looked up, uh, you know, cards that were for sale and stuff like that. And I came across a, a collector who went by the name LJ Biggest Fan. And so I thought, oh, well, I don't know whether he's the biggest fan. I might actually be the biggest fan. We'll see about <laughs> this. Sort of, thing. Uh, of course, you could contact guys. And I contacted uh, this guy whose name was Patrick. And he was LJ's biggest fan. It wasn't me. <laughs> Um, he had an enormous collection and and not only that he had followed him right through from UNLV and of course I realised the difference between being a collector in New Zealand and a collector in America just you know the advantages of you know, being able to go to games and, and he'd seen every single game that he played and stuff like that so anyway we uh, you know struck up a friendship I guess you could say and, and I had about 15 cards that he needed I wasn't too worried about keeping the LJs I had watched Kevin Garnett in 2003 and 2004 win MVP, uh, and of course he was in the absolute prime of his career then, and so my sort of little move of collecting his rookie cards uh, had turned, you know, I guess with a bit of luck, really. I could have collected Joe Smith, you know, who was the number one pick that year, and he, he sort of had a very moderate sort of career. So anyway, I sort of thought, well, you know what, I might give Patrick, I'll, I'll sort of deal with Patrick. Uh, with his cards he needed and he basically said to me you go on eBay and find some Kevin Garnett cards that you like the look of and we struck a deal it probably took six weeks to agree on the trade um, and in that time I was basically looking on eBay going hmm I like the look of that card I might get that one and he said yeah okay we'll get that one or I might get this one no 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 that one might be a bit too much um, it, so it was kind of fun actually it was like being in a candy store uh, choosing cards <laughs> Uh, for six weeks and um, so I ended up with I did uh, of course LeBron had just come into the league the year before or, or even at that time and even um, back then I loved and I know on, on Blowout I go on a lot about uh, photos and how I like good photos on cards and even back then uh, with LeBron's rookies all out I said I want to get one LeBron rookie and that one was the only one that really had an action shot and that was the Topps Chrome LeBron so I said part of the deal I want one of these and I want it well centered sort of thing and he said yeah sweet so we struck this great deal uh, and part of that deal was uh, this card here which was my first you see that one all, all right I think my first uh, KG uh, jersey numbered card so nice. 
I think from having the LJ number two of 33 uh, jersey numbered card, there was just a wee sort of scratch on my memory that, yeah. that having that card might be a little bit special in the future. The other thing that sort of made me look at that was uh, the fact that every single card was, was serially numbered now and, and five years earlier when I stopped collecting, they were very rare. So I sort of thought to myself, this market's flooded. Um, I might just pick up, you know, see what happens if I pick up the odd jersey numbered card. And uh, that got me back into it, really. I, I looked. I didn't just do that, though. I bought a lot of uh, just great KG cards that had good photos or, you know, quite a few autograph cards that I just like the look of. Uh, not many stickered autos, I might say. Uh, but that's how I got back into it. And, uh, it, you know, the, the collecting the 21 stuff uh, wasn't a sole focus getting back into it. It was just part of what I did. Uh, and I just picked up cards I liked, really, which is, you know, what collectors do, isn't it? Right. So you ended up trading all those LJ cards, including the jersey numbered and the 101? Yes, I did. Yes. So the 101, the jersey numbered one, they all went to Patrick. Um, the pressure. The PMG Red. Uh, just trying to think some of the other ones I had. Um, I always remember I had a Topps MVP promotion card, which was only numbered to 100, and that was from just a basic Topps set, but it was very difficult to find. Uh, basically, the 15 cards that I had that he did it were all hard to find because he was um, he was had an outstanding collection. So he still does. He's still. Uh, Quietly chips away collecting, um, you know, shoes, game used jerseys. It's just an absolute museum what he has. So why don't you? Uh, we'll just go straight to like the twenty one stuff. You're, you've been hinting at it. So you, you focus primarily on Kevin Garnett jersey number twenty one out of you know whatever cards. So just get specific about it. What? How much do you have? Um, how, do you have anything that's not twenty one jersey number? Just go into that more detailed. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So, so probably uh, my first couple of years back collecting, as I said, I just collected stuff I like the look of. Sure. Uh, but while I was got, you know, and I really started getting into the habit of, of every every collector going on eBay once or twice a day just to see what showed up. Uh, I guess one actually one thing I forgot to mention I was collecting Larry Johnson just to sort of show how into it I got. Uh, back before uh, eBay was around, I. People might know the store Burbank Sports Cards in uh, California. I actually rang them twice. <laughs> rang them twice. I emailed them and and um, and they just said, "Look, the best thing for you to do is just to eat, is to ring us with a with a." Oh, I can't remember how it quite worked out, but I ended up ringing them over the phone and asking for a pile of cards that they might have. That, that was the way they liked to do it. So. I don't know, it was an expensive way to collect, but I, I was a dedicated collector, I guess you could say. And, and then I'd just, so I might list off like 15 or 20 cards I needed, and I'd get this package not knowing what I was going to get in it. <laughs> uh, they, they didn't know what they had, so it was like the same thing as like a wee Christmas present, something would show up, and I'd have, oh, great, I needed that one. And, uh, so anyway, getting back to getting back to the KG uh, situation, yeah, like I said, I collected cards I like the look of, um, but then I started to slowly notice more 21 cards and how they sort of appealed to me having those cards and I ended up sort of eating into my own collection I would I would you know, I remember having some really nice autos I had an exquisite enshrinements from 2004-5 which is a really nice card wasn't jersey numbered um, and I'd end up sort of selling those cards to make money to buy 
21 card. So I, I sort of am quite conscious of the fact, you know, I've got four children, as as I said, and, and I'd like to keep my spending in check. And, and so what ended up happening was to do that, I know, you know, became more and more focused on the 21 stuff, and that actually helped. It seems a bit weird because, you know, they tend to carry a premium, but um, it actually seemed to work. You know, I'd, I'd get 25 cards a year, and, and you know, that's only a couple couple of months. And so I slowly sort of chipped away at that, and, and um, yeah, as I said, it, it helped me keep my spinning in check, and, and the, the numbers slowly built up. I currently have uh, 293 of them, uh, and I've got a couple incoming this week. Uh, it's it's been a long. I've been doing it a long time. So I mean, uh, as I said, that first card was in 2004. We're looking at 14 years now. Uh, it gets a bit wearing at times, um, but I still can't sort of break the habit of just looking in the morning, looking in the evening. I saw the look on your face when you. Uh, opened that package the other day with the rubies in it. That's what it's like for me when I see an auction on on uh, eBay that just has the number 21 on it, and I get a real buzz. Right. Uh, there's, there's the other day it was just a Panini Clear Vision, boring looking 21 of 99, and it got the pulse racing. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, and so I've had moments in that time where I've really struggled with it. Um, I've stuck religiously to just Timberwolves cards. When KG went to the Celtics, uh, I was ecstatic because really I, I wanted him to win a ring uh, and it was getting very frustrating for me as a basically a fanboy to be fair, um, that he was starting to rot away in, in Minnesota. He tried really, really hard there. Spree and, and Cassell had gotten close and that had been a great team but that had fallen apart. And So when he went to Boston, I was really pleased. Uh, I, I looked at collecting sort of number five jersey numbered cards there but uh, pretty soon I realised that uh, there was a massive Celtics fan base and I was going to struggle to um, compete financially with that Right. one other great thing that happened there was I met a guy online, Dennis he was from uh, Lowell in Massachusetts and he started collecting number five uh, KG cards he, he put together a fantastic collection and so we sort of helped each other out sort of spotting stuff and, and um I remember watching online when when KG and the Celtics won that ring that year and and getting a bit dusty around the eyes. <laughs> it was fantastic. Really enjoyed really enjoyed the fact they, those guys won and and the emotions sort of that was released afterwards. And but I couldn't, possible, I couldn't right? collect, yeah, it was fantastic. I, I couldn't collect um, couldn't collect the number fives when he when he went. You know, and I I. Uh, followed KG really heavily then there was I was obviously had cable TV and, and Boston were on all the time so the the uh, the efforts that the Celtics went into to win more rings and stuff it was it was an awesome time to be watching but it was a very hard time to be collecting for me because there was just no new Timberwolves cards coming out and I remember um, it might have been about 2010 2011 I got nine cards all year that's a lot of looking on eBay for uh, nine cards not, Oh, it sucked. It really did. And I remember um, that I was, I've always been very uh, busy on the forums. Uh, collecting overseas, you tend to um, be busy. You just get your interactions with collectors online. And so there's a fantastic site in Australia called Ozcard Trader. Uh, and I remember just having a great big moan on there one day in 2010 about, uh, you know, I don't know whether I want to do this anymore. I think I had about 170 
uh, 21 cards then. I was in the middle of nowhere, really. I wasn't any really close to 200. Uh, I didn't even have a target. You know, I wasn't. I was just doing it, really, looking on eBay, and, and then you know, getting nothing for my effort, sort of thing. And then out of the blue, one day, uh, I got this package, uh, and I didn't know who it was from. Well, you know, the address on the back was sort of a bit of a scribble. It was from Australia, uh, and I opened it up, and in the in it was this card there. Dang. Whether you can see that, so KG yep. Russell, number twenty-one or twenty-five, sent to me out of the blue, uh, and I was blown away. Really, I couldn't believe it. And this card, I don't know what it's worth now. Maybe four, five hundred dollars. It's still per, you know, perfect signatures on it. And I had to do a lot of uh, research to find out who it came from. And it was a collector, just online, who goes by the name of Ersk, uh, and. I managed to. He was a Stoyakovich collector, but he was he he, uh, he was a great bloke, and so I had to carry on after that. I couldn't just go, <laughs> nah, I'm still, I quit. <laughs> um, that really kept me going, uh, and it was still some tough times though. I, you know, KG went to the Nets. I couldn't really stand that period of his career. Um, he was really starting to fade, uh, and it just didn't work out there. Uh, and of course, Panini had taken over then, and they were throwing out a few. Timberwolves cards, but not many. There was still a couple of years where I maybe maybe had 15 stuff like that, uh, and life was pretty busy then. Anyway, uh, I had you know three kids by that stage, and and um, it was some sort of difficult times. But then he, when he, for me the best time was when he went back to uh, Minnesota again. I was ecstatic then. It was just the best way uh, for him to end his career, and for me, collecting wise, all of a sudden all these these new cards flooded in. We know how much Panini floods the market, and that actually suited me, and it kind of still does. And all of a sudden, it took off again. I sort of got 25 cards, and last year I got uh, 34, which was amazing for me. Uh, this year, it's been pretty slow going as I slowly try and get to 300, which I've been sort of aiming for for some time now. I've got a, you know, I'm going to have five to go, uh, but it feels like every card is about five cards. Right. <laughs> it takes a long time. Yeah, I mean, I'm big on math and numbers, and like, I'm just thinking from your perspective, like, each one is just gonna get harder. Like, you own all of them, so <laughs> you can't find any more if you already have them all. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm the same. I, I a while ago I looked up, I made a checklist of all the cards that could possibly be numbered to 21. So obviously, you take out base, you take out a lot of parallels. Cards numbered to 10, I can't collect. It has to be, you know, 50, 21, 100, and this. There's about 1,600, about 1,600, uh, or just under that, and I, I, I keep the list updated so that I know how many are there, and I, I'm at about 18%. So of all those cards that are numbered, 21 or more, I've got about 18% of them. And autographs-wise, I've got 29 uh, uh, Garnet Autos that are 21 or something, and there's 150 of those. Obviously, he's not autographing anything else so at the moment, and and so that number's not changing. I'm hoping to sort of pick up a 30th auto so they can put a, yeah, have a fifth or 20%. That'd be, that'd be a nice comfy number. <laughs> 20% of any market, dude. That is, that's incredibly impressive. I mean, I've seen a lot of collections on Instagram and I've seen a lot of stuff and I still always think yours is just like the most individually impressive based on just like physics and math and like the amount of time you've had to put in to get that many cards is... You should be very proud. It's very impressive. Thanks very much. It's it's kind of you to say. 
it's I'll tell you something too. Uh, um, collecting down where I do, you know, where I live, uh, can get lonely. Uh, I've only ever met one collector in person, and that is Patrick, the guy uh, uh, who who I started it all with. Uh, and he came down a couple of years back and stayed with us, which was fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it, is. it was a fantastic time, and and my wife who you know cares nothing for cards, and <laughs> and his wife. His new wife, who, who didn't really either, they got to see how ridiculously passionate we were. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, I, I have the most jersey-numbered cards that a basketball collector has. I, I don't know whether it may not actually be the case, but I haven't discovered anyone else with more. Patrick has, he sort of narrowed his collection down to collecting number two LJ cards, and he has well over 250 as well. Um, and so it was great just to sit there and be the same two idiots that are doing the same idiotic thing. <laughs> and it's like it, like it's going to be a lot easier for him. He's got more cards to choose from, having a lower number, That's, right? Yeah, you did right. Um, that that does have a wee impact for for what it's worth. Yeah, number two, he's got two of fives, two of tens, and and stuff like that. But maybe I should yeah, go for it with you know Penny Hardaway's got any, every card that he's. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But you'll have a whole lot of one and ones, one and ones that you have to chase down, will you? I, I honestly can tell you, I think I have zero. I'm not even joking. I don't think I have a single one of whatever card. I don't think I have one. No, well, you know for a fact I don't. So <laughs> I um, I did get, just for the sake of it, I remember buying a printing plate. Uh, Stadium Club put out some printing plates about 2006-7, and uh, I bought one just because I wanted to have one. And just the same as, you know, whenever I do that, you know, it sits, it sits with me for sort of a month, then there might be a, a really nice 21 card sell shows it. up and I quickly sell it. <laughs> quickly sell it and and uh, do my best to sort of survive off the money, if you know what I mean, rather than having to use the credit card. So, it, you know, it, my wife, I'm very lucky that my wife uh, runs the finances in our house and she uh, she knows uh, that's a passion of mine and I don't spend too much money on anything else. So um, I just got to sort of tap her on the shoulder and say, oh, there's, a, there's a card I'd like and it's probably going to cost about 50 bucks. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay then, yeah. So we don't argue about it too much. Well, if you if you really get stuck, I have an idea. You could do uh, like two out of 10, you know, two, one in the middle, or you could do like 12 out of 100. You know, you got the two, one in the middle. If you're really like stuck. Well, in those barren years when he was playing in Boston and... Um, the and the nets. I looked at a lot of different things, like uh, my mate Patrick. He was collecting cards with Larry Johnson in the background and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, because, <laughs> because he was. It was even worse for him until LJ sort of signed a bit of stuff and and put out the Panini put out some cards. It was like a wasteland for him too. So, yeah, we we kept ourselves busy trying to do weird stuff like that, but um, it was never the same. Never right. the same. Um, so, why don't you talk about being an overseas collector, especially? Um, you know, bringing in as much volume as you do. How how does that go, and you know, what does that look like for someone that's so far away? How do you how do you put how do you deal with it? Um. Well, I guess there's sort of two aspects to it. Chasing down such, um, a, you know, a small market. I, I'm very proactive on auction sites or anything anywhere online that I can look. Uh, that's a bit different to eBay for cards. Um, I've got a pile of cards here I'm going to show a bit later on and I was just looking at them and I've got cards there from probably about eight different countries. Uh, so I guess American collectors, generally speaking, collect cards from America. That's changing now because the world's, you know, 
becoming way more accessible and collectors from around the world are as well. But um, I, from the get-go, you know, had cards, you know, collectors and friends from Australia, obviously America, but I, I made contacts all around the world. Uh, there were some French collectors. Uh, KG is very popular in France and in Asia. And, and so I'd sort of get online, make friendships there, and, and that helped me collect. The other aspect of it is actually getting the cards to you. Uh, that's not easy. Uh, it was quite easy for a start, but as eBay changed their policies to sort of protect sellers, um, it got, became more expensive. And so when it got to the stage where it was going to cost $23 to send a card here to New Zealand, I just we just had to change. You know, collectors overseas had to change the way they do things. And so um, luckily, uh, check out my cards and uh, another site called My More Box. They, they gave you sort of private boxes that, that you could send cards to. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Patrick helped me out a lot. That you know, If they wouldn't send over, a, a seller wouldn't send overseas, I'd get a card sent to him and he'd send it to me. So uh, we're very fortunate, I think. Uh, collectors from Australia and New Zealand generally have a good guy somewhere in America who's helping us out, uh, which is fantastic, really. Um, having said that, I think I said to you on Insta when we were messaging one time, 290 cards, I'd be averaging probably 7 or $8 a card minimum. You're looking at, you know, $2,500 I've probably spent on on just getting cards to New Zealand, which is which when you add it up makes me sick. <laughs> but but it's been worth it, you know. I, I still love it and um, still a passion. So um, that's just part of, part of the process, I guess. Um, being so isolated... Physically, you know that card store I was telling you about. Um, they closed down probably about 1998. It didn't last long, unfortunately. Went under, uh, and so from there, that period on, I was pretty much online. Uh, I can't. I think I was on Hobby Kings from 2006 when that started. You know, I was part of that community, a very active member of it. Really enjoyed it. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Ozcard Trader was a, is a great site. Still works pretty well there too. I'm not on there as much as perhaps I should be these days but um, and and blowout was the wild west I remember uh, Hobby Kings was sort of heavily moderated and, and that suited me it didn't worry me any being over here you know I wasn't sort of involved in anything that was happening there uh, other than just enjoying cards and, and talking about the NBA but then blowout really had not a lot of moderation but that sort of when Hobby Kings sort of quietened down I went over there and, and now the same thing happens here it's great I really enjoy it. I'm on there every day, just commenting on people's cards and, and enjoying the threads, that have, especially the threads that have come out there lately, which has been fantastic. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're isolated physically, but it's really, your collecting's online. Sure. Um, so why don't you start diving through some of these cards and telling some stories. You've got, like, a ton of experience in the hobby, so I would imagine you've got some pretty cool stories. So I'll let you just take over and show us what you got. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to show... Um, I want to talk about photos first, if that's all right, because that's a bugbear of mine. Yeah, do it. Um, yeah, um, I've got a couple of cards here, just base cards that I've kept because I love them. Uh, not KG cards. People will know this card. Uh, it's probably my favorite uh, Jordan card. And the other day, I can't remember who had it, had a buyback of it, which just, that was fantastic to see that. Uh, beautiful set, uh, beautiful photo. This is my other one. Lift it up uh, a little higher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Perfect. Uh, Latrell Sprewell. Just a nasty, nasty photo. Yeah. 
it's this, this sort of thing as a player you wanted to be able to do, but you never could. <laughs> well, unlike your son's, you know, little takes hoop, you could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see, eh? Um, so let's yeah, let's share some uh, some KG stories. Uh, as I said, I've got quite a few cards sort of laid out here, uh, and they come from different countries around the world. I'll start with uh, some 90s stuff, because I know you like that. Mm, yes. You have uh, KG's Slam Bams card. Now, I'm going to tell some stories about some great collectors. I've always been very lucky collecting uh, KG, that, and, and we sort of, early on, I've, I've made sure that I uh, maintained good friendships with, with Ghana collectors around the world. Uh, that was the best way, you know, to enjoy the hobby, really, to just, the second best thing to owning cards is for me to sing fantastic cards, and and uh, so uh, the owner of this card was, online his name was Kobe Doc, he was a French a collector called Matthew, and uh, we we chat online on Facebook every now and then, but we've known each other probably 10 years. Uh, and he had three 21 cards. He had uh, the Slam Bams. He had a Dwight Howard dual auto from Howard's rookie year. And he also had a, a team finest red refractor, which was numbered to 50. And so we, we eventually struck deals for two of those. He, he went out of collecting for a while. He had the best Garnet collection that I've seen. It had all the essential credentials, all the stuff that you would want from the 90s. And he didn't stop. He went all the way through uh, the early 2000s and carried on right through the Celtics years. It was an amazing collection, which he sort of sold off and then regretted it. But I got lucky because he sold those two cards to me. Um, so that was from France. Um, here's another 90s card, the Tops Apparitions Refractor. Um, I got this from a, a great bloke, Vito, from the Philippines. Uh, he, uh, We struck a deal for it. He sort of knew my passion, and when we sort of uh, became friends online. He he sold me that card, which was great. Beautiful card. It's actually my only Tots Chrome uh, number twenty-one card. Wow. Just one of those. You end up with piles of this and not much of that, and you yeah. have no control over what's going to show up. Um, I've managed to get about ten or eleven exquisite cards, but only one Tots Chrome. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's just the way it goes. Um, I don't know whether you can see that one very well. That's KG's Warp Tech. Uh, jersey number 21 or 25. The numbering's pretty small there. That one's nuts, nice, dude. That's a great one. This was just sheer luck. I don't know whether Beckett message boards, whether you anyone who's watching this sort of goes on there, but I didn't really. It was sort of a difficult place to, to operate, I felt. But uh, um, I looked at a thread one day, and a guy had opened a box of Ape, Skybox Apex, and he'd pulled that card. And his... I always remember that these moments. So this guy was called Dave. He was called the Nash Collector, and he um, we got messaging there, and he just gave me the most amazing deal. I'm not going to tell you what he sold it to me for because it's embarrassing, but uh, that card is probably it'd be uh, probably well, be one of the top five. If I ever sold it, which there were no plans to, it would make me the most money. I think it's. I think I've seen one other one in the time I've been collecting. Black Crow. The collector Black Crow has uh, a lot of those. He's nearly put the whole set together. Uh, amazing collection, that guy. I was talking to uh, him today, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just sensational stuff. Yep. This card uh, is from 98-99 SPX, which was a fantastic set. Mm -hmm. uh, KG had three um, three cards in the set, and, of course, all the parallels that went with it. This was the hardest parallel, uh, and... A Norwegian collector pulled this, 
Uh, he's called Mr. Finley, goes by the name Mr. Finley, and uh, he's active on uh, Blower. Really good guy. Uh, and so we worked a deal, it took a long time. He was chasing a lot of sets, and so he said to me, you can have it, you go and find me all these cards. <laughs> it took me months. Uh, he was putting together a great uh, autograph set, and Patrick helped me. I think I, I ended up getting about six autograph cards. Had to be pretty patient with that one. So they sort of, Patrick collected them in America. He sent them to me. I sent them to Norway. Right. Uh, so it was a long-term thing, but I th- think this card was my 100th jersey-numbered card. Nice. So it just so happened that milestone cards like that, it turned out to be a pretty good one. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's a fun one. Yes. Uh, this is from uh, 05, 06. Uh, the limited logo is 21 of 50. Uh, there was a guy called Eric who... Uh, I was an American collector, and he collected Garnet pretty solid. He had a fantastic collection, but he also just loved those limited logos cards. And he had, I think, eleven or twelve of KG's cards from that set, and he just collected them, hoarded them really. And I, you know, with what I do, there's sometimes where you just go, "Oh, that guy's got that card. It's a fantastic card. I'm never going to get that." But who cares? You know, there's just it was great knowing where they were. Um, a friend of mine, Spinatron, who who uh, is a fantastic collector. He's the same. He's got three or four cards that are just brilliant Garnet uh, jersey numbered cards, and I'm really happy just to be able to see them. Right, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm never going to get them, and that's all good. Uh, but anyway, one day uh, Eric had sort of gone off the scene, and he came back on and decided he was going to sell all his his uh, limited logos. So I sort of sidled up to him fairly quietly and said, oh, "What about number 21 there? Do you think any chance that I'll be able to get that?" And he said, "Yeah, absolutely." He gave me a great deal on it. He put a lot of the other ones on uh, eBay. Uh, and they sold for really more than he he sold me this one for. Uh, he knew sort of my funds were fairly restricted, and if he put it on eBay, he could have made some more money. So I'm really grateful for that. He sent it off to me, and uh, it never arrived. Hmm. <laughs> Every collector will know when a card's late, it's not a nice feeling. This was the most I'd spent on a card uh, ever. I think it was about 2010 or 11 that we made this deal, and... Um, it just didn't show up, so uh, I went out to them. We didn't spend any money on um, on getting uh, on a courier on curing it because we knew each other, we trusted each other, and it just didn't show up. It sort of after usually sort of seven to ten days it takes them from America to New Zealand, and after three weeks, you know, I was getting pretty pissed off every time I got the mailbox in there. Um, and uh, so we got back in touch, and luckily, of course, because we were friends, there was never going to be any issues with. Um, you know falling out or anything like that but sort of I remember after four weeks we basically said right well it's not here it's not here tomorrow I'll pay you back the money and I said yeah okay then this sucks sort of thing but then the next day it arrived and it had been sent from USPS to Ecuador so uh, luckily and, and he had written my address absolutely perfectly but it was just a situation where I, I, I can't explain it. It went to Ecuador, and the Ecuadorian Postal Service got souls, sent it to me in New Zealand, and it showed up. And uh, I was ecstatic. Wow. Beautiful card. And uh, still, you know, just one of those memories that I'll never forget because right. uh, it was one of those things. Just made a stop in Ecuador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it just took a whole month to get here. But, you know, you value those moments a bit more, I guess, because of the hardships right alright man this was great uh, thanks for showing all these cards and, uh, 
still so impressive, man. I don't. I'm, I'm almost out of words of how just how many like I have a hard time finding a lot of those '90s cards. You know, just one copy, yeah. let alone the freaking jersey number. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's not easy. Um, actually, the funny thing, last year was just a sensational year for me. I, I picked up some amazing cards. It sort of wasn't that long ago. I had about five or six '90s, 21 cards, and now I have 17. Uh, some of them are like college cards, some some really sort of wacky stuff. But uh, I love those cards too. Uh, but to me, I, I just yeah, every one, even if I get it for 12 bucks, like I got one last week, they're very very valuable to me as I sort of try and reach that 300. I think after I get to 300, I'm not worried about carrying on, but I get the feeling I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> you'll hit that I'm other. Like, like, you'll hit that milestone, sorry? or you'll you'll hit some story that keeps you going, right? Probably, yeah. It could be a situation where they'll I'll keep looking on eBay and if they keep popping up, I, I might struggle not to have a go at them. So. Well, I hope this video gets you over the hump, honestly. like I'm, I'm hoping people that have the cards right now are just going to see this and send them your way. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? So this is my, my plea to everyone out there that has Kevin Garnett 21s. Let's get him to, the, let's yeah. Get him to Al. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I'm locked and loaded. I, I, I'm lucky enough to have a bit of some funds at the moment, and uh, so if anyone does have one, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to uh, do a good deal for them. And I'll put your Instagram and blowout in the video description just so we can get everyone to find you. Good, man. Thanks very much. Well, thanks a lot, Al. This was great. I'll uh, talk to you later. Okay. Cheers. See you, Josh. See you.